Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back for episode 13 of the Believe in Padres Prospects podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. San Diego's number one sports podcast network. I am Ryan Hart, joined by Wade. We're going to do, do an intros now at the beginning of the show. Okay. For the... What you nailed you, it. Have you been here for like the last month? Is that how many shows have you been doing? Probably. That's pretty you good. Know, just lose track of time. Time flies. I'm ready for baseball season to end. Speaking of time flying... Has it, has it been bad for you as, it been, as it's been for me? Yeah, on Sunday, I just completely forgot there was baseball on. Just watching football all day. Yeah, with Red Zone especially. Just had no, for, completely forgot the Padres were playing. Yeah, because like, who's, who's really invested in these Padres and Brewers games? And it's a day game, like, <laughs> right in the middle of football. Does anybody really watch? I mean, I have kind of am tuned in a little bit to Padres Twitter. And they're all still super invested. I watched. You guys Paddock, are just killing like, yourselves. Paddock pitch last night. That was yeah, good. Paddock's fun to watch. And then they gave up two runs, and I stopped watching. <laughs> David Bednar came in. <laughs> it was pretty good. I like David Bednar, but it's been brutal watching the Potteries post All Star break. It's been rough. But the minor league guys have been kind of fun. Real lots of, fun. Lots of championship action. We covered that last month or uh, last week's show pretty extensively. Coolest thing I saw yesterday, though. Speaking of baseball, this this brought me back in a little bit. Mike Yastrzemski hitting a home run at Fenway in front of his grandfather, Carl Yastrzemski. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, it just sucks that he's on the Giants. You hate to see any Giant doing well. Yeah, but he's not like he's not like Fernando Tatis Jr. He's not like a, the next twenty-year-old stud. He's kind of an older guy. He's he just turned twenty-nine, and I heard I didn't know this about him, but his father had a, a brief minor league career and then. Uh, died from some kind of complication to surgery when he was 44. And it's it was kind of cool to just see the younger Mike on the field with Carl, his grandfather, walking around Fenway. It just like reaffirms your – like things like this happen in baseball once in a while, and they're really cool to watch. I don't You don't get this a lot with other sports, in my opinion. Like the romantic side of it, like the, the historical side meeting the, the new generation and – it's the same ballpark, and it's called Fenway. It's not, you know, it's it's different than football or basketball, right? And then the 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 influx of young guys that are that have major league bloodlines in the majors this year has stood out to me more than almost any other year. I think Kevin Biggio hit for the cycle the other day, second father son duo to ever hit for the cycle, joining Gary and Daryl Ward, ugh, who I mean didn't really stand out like the Biggios, but. Um, that's awesome. I like seeing that. Vlad Jr., Tatis Jr., uh, Bichette Jr. It's really cool seeing all these guys play in the majors. These are guys that their, their fathers we watched when we were young, like the Dante Bichette, uh, Craig Council, uh, Craig Biggio, like not Craig Council, but uh, Jeff Conine, whose, whose son Griffin is in the minors right now. There's like a lot of cool names that we're seeing. Again, we're in our early 30s. Like these are guys that we watched play when we were younger. Right. Still remember, I mean, 98 Padres beating the three Bs. Oh, the Biggio-Berkman-Bagwell team? Yeah. That was a good team. Real good team. And the Braves were really good that year, too. They were. That was the, the big three pitchers, Glavin, Smoltz, uh, Maddox. Just breeze through them. When you have Tony Gwynn on your team, uh, that kind of helps. Padres currently have two father-son duos. 
Cal Quantrill and Ryan Weathers. People forget his dad had a brief stint in the majors. Uh, Paul Quantrill and who was the Weathers? Uh, the Elder Weathers. Don't have that one for don't, me. Don't have that. Uh, we're going to look that up. Nah, we know who it is. Um, oh, by the way, Arizona Fall League action starts tonight. Are you are you invested in that at all? 6.30 start time. Where would you find that? By the way, you're listening to this on Thursday. So this was Wednesday. But it was on. So go check, it, go check out the box score. The Where, Javelinas. The Javelinas are playing. Uh, they're playing the... I have it. Where to go? Salt River Rafters at Talking Stick. Have you ever been to Talking Stick? Sick name. No, I haven't been to Talking Stick. It's a cool stadium. Yeah, I've been to Peoria. Been to Talking Stick Talking Stick Casino with the uh, Top Golf right outside. Oh, they have Top Golf. Yeah. Okay, then I'll have to go. San Diego needs Top Golf. Spring training next year. Oh yeah. Okay. So, the Javelinas, who are. One of the the team that has Padres on it, along with you know, the Red Sox, Astros, uh, Mariners, and Pirates, no Padres are in the starting lineup tonight. So uh, the AFL, uh, the Arizona Fall League Twitter account, released the starting lineups for all the games, and no Padre is playing, but Owen Miller's in there. He's in there somewhere. He's on the bench. You can watch guys like O'Neill Cruz, Julio Rodriguez. Those guys are Pirates and Mariners, respectively. Really good prospects to watch. And on the other side, for the, the Rafters, Royce Lewis is on that team, and Vidal or Vidal Bruhan are on that team. So those are really exciting guys. You think Owen's just still partying out in, in Amarillo? Yeah. Or is he still? Where would he have gone after Amarillo? Where do they go? I just saw him come back on the bus from Tulsa. Do you think he has like a permanent house in Amarillo? No. Okay. They share like an apartment with four guys. Right. The team rents like <laughs> the shittiest of apartments and packs them like four into one room. That sounds about right. Eating KFC for for a. Uh, Breakfast, lunch, and dinner yeah. every day. Um, yeah, he's probably still partying. He's he's pulling the uh, Ovechkin from after when they won the Stanley Cup. You know, just oh, yeah. like still still partying. Ovechkin's still partying. <laughs> Ovechkin's gonna party until he retires. Uh, on today's show, moving along a little bit, we're gonna do a blind resume test for Wade, who hates a certain player I like. I know you're not the only one that hates this guy. I'm done with him. It's Luis Arias. Spoiler. Everybody hates Luis Arias right now. There's a couple holdouts. I'm one of them. I'm going to die on Luis Arias Island alone, I guess. But we're going to do a blind resume test and see if you actually should hate Luis Arias. Or maybe you need to give him a little more time like these other players. We're also going to do our Friar Farman's first team all Padres prospects list. So we're picking a player from each position who we thought had the best year. These aren't necessarily just the top prospects the Padres have. But we wanted to create an all-Potteries prospects team for guys who deserved it because of the year that they had. That's what an all-pro all team is. So we're going to be doing that. The best during 2019. And other than that, let's get to a little bit of news. So, news. David Bednar is good. That's what I have for him. Real big one-week turnaround for you. Now he's my favorite player. Yeah. <laughs> he did give up a run on Tuesday after a hit, and then there was like a couple product. There was a like, sacrifice to get him over to third, and then a, fly, a sacrifice fly to get him home. So, like, kind of a, a BS run. But um, he still looked really good to me, and I think he's a legit bullpen piece for next year. Great story. I mean, we talked about it last week, but I definitely see him 
getting a starting role in that bullpen. 35th round, 1,044th overall pick in 2016. And it's it's really good to see him having success. He's he's just good. He's not even just the story for me. He's a good player. I want to see more of him. He's still pretty young. Solid Poodles Championship. Can't, yeah. can't go too long without Saudis. They, I mean, they, by now everyone's heard they, they won the Texas League Championship. It ends their inaugural season in Amarillo. Uh, last year, the Padres affiliate was in San Antonio, the missions. Yeah. I was trying to do that off my head, and luckily I nailed it. Took How are they them- now the Alamos? The mission? You don't like the missions? No. Well, they're gone, so it doesn't matter yeah. anymore. Or, I mean, it's a Brewers affiliate like now. The Davy Crockett's or something like that. The Sam Houston's. And they wear those raccoon hats for a promo. Ooh. Yeah. That's why you need to be in a marketing department somewhere for yeah. the miners. That would be a hell of a promotional giveaway. So the Saw Poodles took them... Five games, I mean, it's a best of five series, and took them the max. And they looked like they were out. It was three to one, bottom of the, or top of the ninth. On the road. They were on the road at the, against the Tulsa Drillers, Dodgers affiliate. So, fuck you guys. <laughs> um, three to one in the top of the ninth. This is how it started. Walk, walk, bunt single to load the bases. Taylor Trammell Grand Slam. Taylor Trammell. So hot right now. He couldn't be hotter. And it's a great way to end the season for him because now he's got all this confidence going into next year. Spring training. He's he's back. Quick question. Was Kelly Jansen pitching that game? Whoa. When he gave up that bunt? <laughs> what did he say after the game? Like, if that's how they want to beat me, like, right. go ahead. It yeah. wasn't the Renfro dinger. Walk it was the gr- bunt. Granny. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is how we want to beat you. Um, good one, Kenley. Yeah, I remember. I hate that dude now. Then after that, so now the the Saudis are up. Then it's strikeout. So there's one out, single, ground out, single, Hudson Potts, three-run homer. And then the doors are blown up. Hudson like, Potts also just as hot as Taylor at the end of the year. Had a good postseason. Him and Taylor Tramiel had really good postseasons. And second spoiler alert, both of those guys are not on our all-prospect team for 2019. Third base was tough. I mean, obviously, there's a guy at third base who had a pretty good year this year in the minors for the Padres. And Taylor Trammell did not have the strongest year, as we all know. But finished on a high note. Did finish. That's all He's I back. A ninth inning grand slam to win your team a double-A championship. Yeah. That's the, kind of the best way you can Can't finish it. the season any hotter. Final was 8-3. to three. Travis Radke slammed the door shut with a, a five-run cushion there. And there's your title. Great season. Really fun team. Loaded team. Great ballpark, new ballpark, fan base is electric. I, I love that this team won this year. Of all the teams, they'd be my pick to win if I could choose. Right. Although I, I, I do like the Storm. I like the Chihuahuas, obviously. But Fort Wayne can be pretty electric, I've heard. They have a great fan base there. But it was really fun to see this team win. When are the shirts printed? Are you getting one? I'm going to be looking into that very soon. they got to be are out there done? somewhere. You're done already? We should get some of those. Or we can make them. Let's get to our first seg of the day, and it is Wade's test day. I never heard of half of these guys, and the ones I do know are way past the prime. Most of these guys never had a prime. This guy here is dead. Blind resume test. So, Wade hates Luis Arias. Correct. For, I mean, you want to break down why you don't like him? Just over him. Supposed to be this super hot prospect, then we got spoiled. With, you know he's 22, right? With Tatis just coming in, super hot. Yeah. And then we get a little spoiled, and we're like, if they don't just come in as hot as Tatis, I'm over him. I think a lot of guys 
feel the same way you do. A lot of Padre fans feel the same way. Uh, and if it hadn't been for that call up last year where he was also pretty bad in a short sample, real bad, you yeah. might be willing to forgive him some more for, Oh, it's his first time in the majors. Like, and it's just, he, we sent him back down again. He started dominating again in triple a and it's El Paso. Yeah. Comes back and, Wah, wah, wah. And we expected him to win the job out of spring training. Right. And was so bad in spring training that we had to send him down. So, like, it's kind of just a cumulative effect here where he's never done anything in the majors. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to stack his resume from this season against a couple other guys from their rookie campaigns. So, Luis Arias qualified as a rookie this year. We're taking players who had a minimum of 100 at-bats in their first season. So... If a player, so like Luis Arias last year had like 20-something at-bats. We're throwing that out. Those numbers aren't going to be affected um, in this sample size. Good for him. Yeah, it is good for him. But same for all these other players. So we're going to give you a few other players, their stat lines from the first season that they had at least 100 at-bats. And then anything before that in seasons where they just had a a very small cup of coffee, we're going to throw those numbers out for the sake of this argument. So at 22 years old, Luis Arias this season has hit 213. This is as of September 18th, 2019. He's hit 213 with 328 on base percentage and a 326 slugging. All, well, the average and the slugging are both terrible. The on base in today's baseball is serviceable. Yeah, I mean, the one good thing that he does is he walks and gets hit by pitches. Knows how to get on base and um, has the speed to you know, make infield singles happen. He, he's not like a, a burner on the base paths or in, in the field, but he's fast enough to make some, put some pressure on the defense and stretch a few infield singles out. I think that also a fact that he's been playing short has kind of... He hasn't looked great short. He's not a shortstop. He's a second baseman. He's been, he's been, I mean, I haven't looked at the defensive metrics on him, but just eyeball test, he's looked poor, below average at shortstop so far. Yeah. So anyway... Those numbers, again, 213, 328, 326 slash, and 174 at-bats. That's what he's done this year. It's pretty bad. But let's compare him to player B and see if uh, you would have accepted these numbers from a guy that you want to cut bait with already. Player B hit 220 with a 281 on-base percentage and a 390 slugging and 123 at-bats at 19 years old. So the key differences here are player B is 19. So it's a se- several years younger than Arias was. Higher slugging, about 70 points higher on the slugging. On base, about 50 points lower on the on base, though. And the, the average is about the same. So 19 years old, obviously you're not going to have a 19-year-old who does this. But objectively, just those numbers, higher slugging, lower on base. They're, I mean, if you average it out that way, they're roughly the same. I mean, it looks like a power hitter from those stats that you've given me he's a current player and he's having a very good season once again he's had many good seasons you would you would definitely not feel good if you had uh traded this player when he was 19 years old not knowing who he is i'm just guessing he's a power hitter from Wade really doesn't numbers. know who these guys are i put these in the notes and i know who they are i didn't write them down and wade has not seen these yet so so at 19 i'd give this guy another shot you'd have to and you'd be smart to do that because his name is mike trout Wow. Yeah. 19 years old, Mike Trout season. And if we all remember the next year, he had an MVP season at 20 years old. Not saying Luis Arias is going to do that, but this is why you don't give up on guys early. Player C. 
hit 227 with a 272 on base, 407 slugging and 150 at bats at 23 years old. So he's a little older than Luis Arias. Batting average, you know, about the same. On base, significantly lower, about 60 points lower. Slugging, slugging much higher. Slugging significantly higher. So again, are you just giving me another power hitter here? Is that, not, is that how we're not, going? That's not necessarily how these are going. And power hitters, you're supposed to have a, a good. I mean, Framo Reyes is gone because he couldn't keep his on base percentage above 300. So th- these are not guys that just are power hitters, and you keep them because they hit for power. But if you're on base is 272, you're cut. That's terrible. Yeah, you're not a major league player if you're hitting. You're getting on base at a 27 percent clip. I, I mean. Going off his this player this is player not current. I should being say being twenty three years old. He's not current, but I, w- he, I would he, let this guy go. You would let him go. Yes. Uh, that would be a mistake because his name is Adrian Gonzalez. So another power hitter, arguably. Like I said, but also ha- had seasons where he hit for very high averages. True. I think he hit three thirty eight for Boston. One he year. didn't get called up till twenty three. With That's the Padres, shocking. he had a season with the Rangers, cup of coffee the year before at twenty two. And then we stole him from the Rangers in that deal. Um, who did we send to the Rangers in that deal? I know we got Robbie Erland and Joe Wheeland from the Rangers. What else did we get? I don't know what we traded them. I'm not sure. We have to do some homework, but that's not going to happen right now. Anyway, came over to the Potters at 23 and then pretty much won the first base job when Ryan Klesko got hurt or something. Um, and we just ran. He's one of the best Potters of all time. Would you disagree with that? No. It's a, it's a very short list. It's like Tony Gwynn. Uh, Jake P. I mean, position players. We'll throw no PV, no Hoffman, but Ken Caminiti, Greg Vaughn, Dave Winfield, um, Greg Vaughn just had the like one good year. I'd say Adrian Gonzalez more so than Vaughn or Caminiti. He had long, he had the longevity. Steve Garvey. God damn. It. <laughs> All right, let's move it up. Don't get me on Steve Garvey. Next player. This guy is terrible. He hit 141 with a 280 on base and a 242 slugging. So no average, no on base, no power, and 128 at-bats, 21 years old. So roughly the same age as Luis Arias. Send him down. Send him down, I guess. He's 21. So that makes sense. Um, But would you want – instead of sending Luis Arias down, you're ready to trade Luis Arias. Yeah. So why not trade this guy? He had some name value at the time as a hot prospect, but came up and did absolutely nothing with the Padres. But you would want to keep him. I'm going to go out on a limb here and just guess who this is. I think this is Rizzo, isn't it? It's Anthony Rizzo. Nice yeah. job, Blade. Look at this guy. <laughs> Anthony Rizzo had a terrible first season with the Padres, and it was so bad that GM at the time, Josh Burns, there it is, tr- thought it was a good idea to trade him for Andrew Kashner. And Kashner had a couple good seasons, actually. He did. But uh, I think Rizzo, the Rizzo side won that deal. Yeah, I mean, 2006, Kashner pitched that last game against the Giants. I thought it was Matt Latos. 2006. Was it? Let's scratch that whole part. Okay. <laughs> uh, or I'll leave it in. We'll see how I feel. Ouch. But uh, Rizzo, ter- terrible season. 21 years old, though. Still very young. And we it proved, I think this is the, the, the case, this is the player that you look to when you say, like, okay, top prospect coming up, first taste with the Padres, they gave him 128 at-bats. He was terrible. And then they got rid of him immediately instead of giving him a chance to kind of figure it out. Don't he, They didn't trust the tools. They got rid of him as soon as they could. And it's one of the biggest mistakes in Potter history. Wow, going to go that yeah. far. 
Yeah, it was bad. It was a really bad trade. Rizzo is a potential Hall of Famer. No. Like seven, eight more years of what he's doing. A couple World Series rings, maybe. He's in the conversation. I think Cubs are done. This year, maybe. They might be done. Rizzo's in a boot right now. He's not playing. All right, so that I think that's the best example right there. Is that's, that's why you don't trade these guys. Because they're so young, and they have talent, and they were top prospects their whole lives, and they always produced, and then one year they didn't, and you're ready to cut bait. This is why you don't do it. They turn into Anthony Rizzo. This guy, okay, so I threw an asterisk. This is the last one. I threw an asterisk on him because I think he's the most similar skill set in the minors. So what they were at the time. Um, Luis Arias, current age, and this player at the same age, I think they were very similar. Um, their ages are similar, and the stats are even similar from from this season. So this guy hit 276 with a 297 on base and a 357 slugging. So the average, much higher. But the guy clearly didn't walk at all because the on base is even lower. And the slugging is, you know, a little higher, but negligible in my opinion. So 221 at-bats. He was 21 years old. So, you know, I'm a big batting average guy. So, this guy's rookie year hitting 276. Yeah. I think that's good. But what's more important, having a high batting average or getting on base? I mean, now we're talking semantics, Billy Bean. Yeah. But I've always been an average guy. The game is to get on base. You can't score if you're not on base. So, I'd keep this guy. This guy has, a 30, has 30 points less on the on base percentage than Luis Arias does. Slugging, a little bit higher. Average, much higher. So, you like this player. You would, you would be okay if Luis Arias did this? Yeah. This season? Why, why is that okay? I mean, hitting 213, that's just so bad. Yeah, but he's on base more. A lot more. It's so boring. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This guy, active player. I said he's, he, he's similar skill set. Body type similar. Any idea who this might be? No clue. It should be. It's Jose Altuve. So if you decided to, I'm not saying Luis Arias is going to be Jose Altuve because Jose Altuve has been one of the best second basemen in the majors the last few years. I don't think Arias has the ceiling in in batting average or power that Altuve has. Although in the minors, Luis Arias has shown the ability to hit for power. And yeah, you can say it's El Paso, but at the same time, you're seeing things like exit velocity and launch angle from a guy his size in the minors that we're not seeing yet in the majors. And I think it just, it's going to take another year for him to adapt. I'd, I'd say the Padres, we, the team and the fans all expect to do better in 2020. I think he needs to be part of those plans for 2020. Give him another year to figure it out. A lot can change in one year, as we've seen. So you want him as the opening day starting second baseman? I do, yeah. Wow. And I would like Ty France to come off the bench. Play a little super utility. maybe. Do we him. have Greg Garcia next year? Or was that just a one-year deal? I don't know. I thought Greg Garcia had a great year. He was okay. Left-handed bat. Him and France on the bench. Um, Local product. And Garcia. It's not like we're trying to see. We know what Garcia is. I don't think we're trying to get him you know, five games a week or anything. But no. France can play third, short, second, first. That's really helpful. Get him maybe two or three games a week. Pinch hit a lot. Greg Garcia is kind of the emergency guy. I'm fine with that. Kind of like, kind of like a Jeff Blum role a few years ago. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what, where Xavier Edwards and Owen Miller start. Especially Owen Miller, who's, yeah. a, who's a college guy and is a little older and could be ready within a year or two. Right. What do you do with them? We'll see. I mean, you know my take. I want to see him over Luis. You like anybody over Luis. True. 
I didn't convince you to give Luis another year? I guess the one that stood out was Rizzo. Yeah, that one hurts, doesn't it? Yeah. He was terrible. We were all ready to get rid of Rizzo. Let's get to Believe in Padres prospects. 2019, first team, all Padres prospects. So, again, these are guys that we felt had the best seasons of all the minor league players in the system at each position. So, starting with catcher, we thought this was pretty difficult because there's two guys that really stand out here. Three, even. Torrens had a good year. Luis Torrens did have a really good year. But I think... Compared to these other two guys, it's kind of there's a there's a gap big enough where I wasn't really considering in another system maybe Luis Torrens wins, but in this system with these two guys, and I'm talking about Luis Camposano and Austin Allen, I don't think there's room for Luis Torrens in that conversation. But it's nice that you mentioned him because he did have a really good year. Just shows you how deep we are, catcher. Very deep, yeah. So the case for Camposano, 20 years old in high A. I mean, the Cal League's hitter-friendly, but it's it's not the PCL, which is where Austin Allen did all of his, da- his damage. Uh, Camposano won a Cal League batting title, hit 325. That's insane, a catcher winning the batting title. At that age, too, because catchers are usually, they take longer to develop. So he won the Cal League batting title with a 325 average, also chipped in 15 home runs, and was the co-MVP of the league as a catcher. That's the, that's the case for him. I think... Um, Tough to beat that, but here's what Austin Allen did. He has already made the majors, which is something. He's 25 years old, so a little bit older, uh, which for this exercise doesn't really matter, the age. We're not we're not comparing prospect status to prospect status. It's We're just kind of looking at who had the best seasons. But for me, his 323 average and 20 home runs at El Paso don't you know explode off the page to me because it's El Paso, and because he didn't do anything in San Diego. If he had come up to the Padres and been good, I think that would have mattered a lot. Instead, he hit 219 and 64 at-bats. I, I, I think he's a good player with a lot of power, and I expected him to do a little bit more with that opportunity, and he didn't do it. So because of that, I'm picking Camposano. What do you have? Definitely Camposano, too. Definitely. Was it ever close for you? I mean, you mentioned Torrens, but did you like Allen at all? I liked him. I mean, he had a great year, but when you're going up against someone that was named the co-MVP of the league. You got to give it to the co-MVP of the league. Yeah. And for all those reasons, it's, it's Luis Camposano, the winner catcher, first team, all catcher or first team, all Padres prospects at the catcher position. Congrats. First baseman. This one was a little weird because this was tough. first base, traditionally not a big prospect heavy position outside of like the last Last year, I mean, Pete Alonso was it, and Tyler O'Neill with the Cardinals, and every now and then you get a few. But typically, first base is not a high priority position to to draft or to to develop because typically those are the leftover pieces, the guys who hit but can't play a position. You teach them first base, uh, leftover outfielders that couldn't push it in the outfield, or third baseman that yeah couldn't field a third, or Eric Cosmer. So <laughs> four time Gold Glover. Oh God. So th- this position is is typically pretty weak among most systems. There aren't a lot of top... I mean, go look at a top 100 list of prospects just overall, and you're not going to find a lot of first basemen. Just Cron on the Diamondbacks is the only one that... Kevin Cron. Yeah. Yeah. And he's older. He's not even a pro... He's like 26 years old. That's kind of what happens with these guys. Yeah. Adelon Rodriguez, funny you shouldn't talk about how old these guys are. He's 27, and he's bounced around a little bit. He was at El Paso all year. He hit 322 with 19 home runs and a 366 on base. 
in a 636 slugging. Like, had a really good season. A yeah, great OPS, year. 1,000 OPS. That's why he's on this list. But, again, he's a 28-year-old player. Definitely going to be a career 20, minor. He'll be 28 November. Career minor leaguer. He's bounced around Mets, Mariners, Orioles. Orioles. Yeah. He'll never get the call up. His I first mean, season with the Padres, he you know, wouldn't be shocked if he got a call up next year. Late season call up, uh, injuries happen, and they need a experienced guy that can you know maybe provide a little bit of power. That wouldn't be that weird. I'm gonna yawn right into the mic there. What you got? You think it'd be that weird if they called him up? I think if they were going to, it would have been this year. Yeah, why not? Like the team's terrible. There's no reason to not call like, him up. Give the guy his little cup of coffee. They call up Seth Mejia's Breen. Why don't you call up uh, Adelin Rodriguez? I don't get yeah, it. Yeah, but. Had a good year. First year with the Padres, too. Our award for first baseman of the year. Uh, should we mail him something? Like a certificate? Big certificate? Yep. Shout out to Paul um, Second blind resume. You get a bonus blind resume today, Wade. Three note claps. For. Adelan Rodriguez or? For this other blind resume no. that you're giving me. <laughs> Don't like slippage in your life, Wade. <laughs> this is second base. So we've got two guys that we're considering here. Yvonne Castillo, who was with the Sod Poodles for pretty much, I think, all the season. Oh, yeah. He spent all year at double A. And then um, the other guy I thought we were considering was Xavier Edwards because we all know how good Xavier Edwards is. So starting with... Uh, the guy who led the Texas league in batting with a 314 batting average, um, eight home runs, clearly more power than Xavier Edwards had at, the, at his at this stage in his career. I think Edwards finished the season with one home run. And Yvonne also chipped in 15 stolen bases compared to uh, Xavier Edwards, who, eh, I need to pull this up now, stumbling. So Xavier Edwards finished with 14 stolen bases with Lake Elsinore, had 19 with Fort Wayne. So he kind of 33 stolen bases, if I did my math correct there. Math topics, shout out. I'm not a math guy. But that's a lot of stolen bases for a guy. Caught 10 times. He hit 332 in Fort Wayne, hit 302 with Lake Elsinore. Clearly can hit everywhere he's gone. One home run, though. Ivan Castillo did it with the Sod Poodles, won a championship, won a batting title, a little bit older. Pro, not definitely not the prospect pedigree that Xavier Edwards has, but if you're just looking at resumes on a piece of paper, who had the better year? I think it's Ivan Castillo. What do you got? Yeah, I want to give it to Xavier Edwards. Just we like Xavier Edwards because he's the prospect of the future. But if we're going solely based on this year, I think you also have to factor in that championship that he won. So Ivan Castillo, congratulations. Banners fly forever. They both. So congrats, Yvonne Castillo. Third base, this was the easiest one we had, and we're not going to spend too much time on him because we've talked about him on a lot of shows. It's Ty France. So unanimous third base pick for his two-mall Padre. Obviously, he was the Pacific Coast League MVP, Pacific Coast League midseason all-star, end-of-season all-star, and put up stupid stats in uh, AAA. Nearly hit 400. One of the best minor league seasons ever. Yeah, and that's not a great list of guys who've had really good minor league seasons in AAA. It's uh, a lot of guys that didn't have much of a career in the majors. But 
finishing his finishing numbers with El Paso, 392 with 27 home runs. Had a 471 on base percentage. These are like Barry Bonds numbers. So he deserves it. But he, since he's been up with the Potters, hasn't done diddly squat. 222 average, six home runs. Just like, it's disappointing. But I, he needs more of a chance, I think, at some point. I don't know where it's going to be. but Second base. Second base, okay. He's the pick for third base. I thought that was pretty easy. Shortstop. There's a, there's a few candidates for shortstop here, definitely. But we're going to start with Gabriel Arias. Um, in my opinion, I don't think C.J. Abrams had enough at-bats. So I know you really love C.J. Abrams. I'm giving it to C.J. Abrams. He's my pick. I love C.J. Abrams as much as you love C.J. Abrams. But Gabriel Arias, huge bounce-back season. Amazingly led the storm in home runs from shortstop at seven, with 17. He was second on the team in RBIs behind Luis Campuzano. Hit 304. Still only 19 years old. Had a bad season last year. He's 19. Did you did you look through these notes before you decided you were just going to give it to C.J. Abrams? Or did you were you not impressed by the Gabriel? I was giving it to C.J. Abrams before I even looked at any stats. <laughs> Those are crazy stats. He's not, he's 19. His 19-year-old season in high A. Yeah, but C.J. Abrams was nuts at what he did. How quickly he was able to move up through the system. He didn't lead his team in home runs. He wasn't second on the team in RBI. Owen Miller, honorable mention. going to mention him before we go to CJ seventh in the Texas league in RBIs top 10 in on-base percentage and batting average. That's awesome. His first taste of double a come on and led the league in hits. I was looking up the Texas league numbers. I was blown away that Owen Miller led the league in hits. I love this dude. Now that's how stacked the system is that Owen Miller can be like an after afterthought and not even make first team all shortstop. He had a great year. Yeah, he did. And it was close for me. It was really close. Um, and CJ Abrams for me didn't have the, the at bats to do it. He came up in June, short season ball, Arizona league ball. Um, didn't, didn't do it for me. So the pick is Gabriel Arias. So sorry. I mean, like I said, I'm picking CJ Abrams. All right. Well, congratulations to Gabriel Arias for CJ Abrams. Shortstop first team. Outfield. We did three outfield positions. No DH. I, I didn't feel like doing a DH. I didn't, I didn't think it was worth doing so we did three outfielders dh campusano there how about owen miller campusano campusano one catcher austin allen all right we'll give to owen miller owen miller there is <laughs> owen miller congratulations designated hitter first team all padre prospects outfield first guy edward olivares he led the saudis in home runs with 18 second in the texas league in rbis with 77 Say RBI or RBIs. I feel like I do both still. I can't decide which one I like better. I say RBIs. Yeah. Okay. I think I'm just probably going to switch back and forth between both because I don't know what to do. They're both correct. Sure. So he had a really good season. Uh, Power, speed, combo guy. Got him in the trade with Jan Harris Solarte. We've talked about him before. Came over from Toronto. Kind of a forgotten dude. Had a Played in Lake Elsinore last year. Kind of didn't do much. Um, flirted a little bit with his power speed combo last year, 12 home runs, 21 stolen bases this year, 17 home runs, 34 stolen bases, batting average, exactly the same on base though, went way up. He walked, um, 13 more times this season, 29 to 42 walks over the last two years. So he can hit a little bit. Uh, I'm a little worried about the hit tool lasting long-term power increase though, walk increase, stolen base. He started going crazy this year. He's 23 years old, so not a lot of time for him to develop still, but an interesting guy, and I think he really deserved first-team outfield. He, he got it. 
I agree. Great little season for him. Second guy, Michael Geddes. So he had a really good year. He actually sneakily led the Chihuahuas in home runs with 31. It was pretty sneaky because if you if you follow the Chihuahuas at all, you know that everyone hit home runs. But I would never have thought that Michael Geddes was the guy that's leading the team in home runs. I mean, that's because France got called up. But eh. 31 home runs, that's a solid season. And he had 91 RBIs. He did have 507 at-bats, so that was the most on the team. The next closest was 411 from your boy, Seth Mejia's Breen. Yeah, that's my boy, I guess. You remember where we got Michael Geddes? He was a second-round pick, uh, 51st overall by the Potters in 2014. Prospect, you know, helium in, in the draft, power-speed combo guy. Those guys are really exciting. The athlete guys that can kind of do everything. Podcast, or not podcast, prospect evaluators, and a podcast evaluator, too. Um, kind of get enamored with those kind of guys, and they think they can. De- Taylor Trammell was one of these guys, like the athlete guy coming out of high school that you think you can turn into a baseball player. Here's the example of where maybe it didn't work out. So Michael Geddes, probably I think long term quad A player. He's he's uh say so he's 23 now. He'll be 24 in October. The the prospect clock on him might be running out a little bit. But he still had a really awesome year. The, the average wasn't quite, quite where you want it to be. He hit 254 in AAA, which is much lower than you would want it to be on base, just, a, just above 300. But the power was there. The stolen bases, he had 15. Those are there. Exciting defensive player. Kind of does it all. Outfield was not that deep this year for the Padres and uh, for prospects. I mean, who, were you going to take uh, Alan Cordoba? There wasn't a lot. Of, there weren't a lot of choices to, to go from here, and he had which the best. is where we thought we were the deepest at the beginning of the year too. <laughs> yeah, and at the major league level too, we're not deep there at all. I ended up trading a few guys away, and now Hunter Renfro's in the toilet, and there's not a lot. Dinger going. last night though. Yeah, it was it was a dinger that meant nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, we thought we had a bunch of outfielders, and now it looks like there aren't that many, but. Got to still reward the guys who earned it, and Michael Geddes is going to get uh, first-team all-prospect. The last outfielder we have, Jorge Ona. He's another guy who had a really nice nice bounce-back season. Doing it mostly against younger competition, since he's a a wee bit older. Um, He's definitely reestablished himself as a prospect that Pottery fans should be keeping an eye on. And after a really bad season last year, it was nice to see him bounce back a little bit this year. So he spent all year at double A Amarillo. I mean, small sample size. He only had 90 at bats, but hit 350 with five home runs and a 417 on base. So it was really nice to see him uh, come back, be healthy in that short amount of time. Did everything you want him to do, which was hit for a really high average hit for power um, and get on base at a, at a good clip. And, He's the guy, he's from Cuba. He came over in that 2016 draft class along, or uh, international free agent class. Just that one. Just the class. Right. So he's from the class and didn't impress anybody. First season, um, started the low A Fort Wayne, was okay. Then last year in Lake Elsinore was pretty bad and um, hasn't been able to stay healthy, but had a really good uh, sample size here at Amarillo. And it's nice to see him back on the prospect radar. And honorable mention. Taylor Trammell, just for his if, playoff. If you insist. For his playoff performance. If he didn't hit that grand slam, would he be 
honorable mention? No. If they had lost three to one that last game? And no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, starting pitchers, we can go through these a little bit quicker because some of these are obvious and we've talked about them a lot. But pitcher of the year for the Potters here, it's Mackenzie Gore. Obviously, he was Baseball America's um, California League pitcher of the year. Had just an insane season. He uh, got shut down a little bit early because of workload concerns. But we kind of think, oh, we kind of all expected that towards the end of the year anyway, but pitched pretty much the entire season at Lake Elsinore, had a 102 ERA in 79 in the third innings, 110 strikeouts. So had over 12 strikeouts per nine, had less than two and a half walks per nine, did it all as a 20-year-old, got called up to Amarillo. Didn't have quite the same success, but was good enough for me. First-round pick, third overall, um, 2017. He, amazing year. There's nothing we can say about him that we haven't said already. He's Can't the best, wait to see him pitch at Petco next year. He's the best pitcher in the minors, and he's the best pitcher the Potters have, which goes without saying. And, yeah, I think he's going to be in, in a Potter uniform at some point next year. Second guy, first-team all-pitcher. There's five of them starting pitchers. It's Luis Patino. He got shut down a little bit early, too. Blister issues. Uh, along with a little bit of workload management because you know you don't want these guys to to blow out their arms in the minors when um, they're not really pitching for a lot other than to showcase that they're ready for whatever challenge you're going to present, and he was ready for everything. He started in high A, Lake Elsinore, with Mackenzie Gore. He was a Futures game representative this year and I think stole the show in the ninth inning when he blew away the side with 98-mile-hour fastballs, and everyone was like, oh, who's this guy? Luis Patino, and he's he was 19 years old. He's almost as good as Mackenzie Gore. The Padres have two of these guys. It's crazy. He had a 2.69 ERA in 87 innings with 113 strikeouts. Uh, the walks were a little more than Mackenzie Gore. The strikeouts are a little bit less than Mackenzie Gore. The av- the ERA is a little higher, but two starts with Double A Amarillo, he had a 1.17 ERA in 10 strikeouts at seven and two thirds innings. So he has shown that he's right on the, the cusp of being a guy that the Padres can rely on is like, you know, very manageable, serviceable number three, possibly number two starter with even number one starter upside. The guy's that good. He's 19 years old. He's not going to be 20 until October. So he's going to pitch all next year at 20. Mackenzie Gore is going to be 21. I think these are, I said this at the beginning of the season, I thought Mackenzie Gore and Luis Patino were the two most exciting pitcher duo, like teammates in the minors. And I think this year kind of proved that. Right. Do you see Patino coming up next year? Or he's going to get another full season of Probably minor not. in the belt? Uh, so we'll see McKenzie at some point. The thing then- with pitchers is they, if they're, we've talked about this, I think, if they're way too good for their level and you just keep moving them up, moving them up, and there's nowhere to move them up, then he can be 20 years old and they can call him up. Yeah. Because the arm has only so many bullets in it. Right. And you want those bullets to be used at the major league level as soon as they can. It's not like you want the the hitter to get adjusted to seeing big league pitching and big league curveballs. The pitchers, these guys are so good. They're pitching against themselves. Like their stuff, they trust their stuff enough as they should be because it's major league caliber pretty much already. So there's no reason to hold him back. If he, if he earns the, it with Mackenzie Gore, same thing. If they, Mackenzie Gore could win a job out of spring training. It wouldn't shock me if he's that good in spring training. Right. Just like Paddock did this year. Yeah. I don't care how young he is. And Patino is younger. And so that might matter a little bit more and they probably don't need him. So there's no reason to rush him, but yeah, I could see him at the end of the season if he's blown away the competition, which I kind of anticipate he will. So, yeah. 
The future is bright. It is bright. Other guys, uh, the third starting pitcher we have on our list, Joey Cantillo. Hawaiian punch. And you just love to say that name. Cantillo, we started to notice when he was in low A Fort Wayne, had a tremendous season, got called up to Lake Elsinore. He had a 160 ERA in 18 starts with Fort Wayne. That's nasty. And then got called up to Lake Elsinore. He's still 19 years old. And had a little more trouble. I mean, first 13 and two-thirds innings, so it's not a, it's not a big sample size. But uh, as a, what you're getting from a 16th round pick in 2017 at a, at a high school, um, Kailua High School, Hawaii. But there there's optimism here. He's He doesn't have the kind of stuff that you see from Luis Patino or Mackenzie Gore. He's not going to be a top 10 prospect for the Padres this offseason. I, d- I don't see it. I don't think he has that skill set. And I don't even think he's – he could sneak into the back top 100 for some lists. But Flew up on lists. I mean, kind of – Yeah. like you said, 16th round came out of nowhere and then just dominated. It's tough for those guys to fly up lists because right. there's a reason they were drafted so low, and it's because their tools aren't where the other guys' tools are. So much of lists are just – it's all projection. It's not just award the guy who had the best year and put him on the top 100. It's, it's all – that's why Taylor Tamell is on all these lists still pretty high, even though he had a terrible year. It's because he has the tools that you are forecasting are going to be but great. But he shows up in the playoffs during the clutch. He does. Cantillo, not so much. But anyway, he made the list because of what he did at Fort Wayne, and it was a tremendous year at Fort Wayne. Struck out 11.7 per nine. Didn't walk anybody. Had a really good season, and he earns uh, the third spot on our uh, all-starting pitcher list. Other two guys, last two guys to round it out are guys that were kind of not on any prospect radars going into the season, or even right now, they're not on any prospect radars, but they had some good seasons. So with uh, the Lake Elsinore Storm, I'm talking about Aaron Leisher, and he had a good season with Lake Elsinore, if this will load. He started 19 games, had a 3-1-5 ERA, really the leader of the staff 120 innings pitched 113 strikeouts had a 123 whip leisure not going to be a guy that we're considering calling up anytime soon not someone that's going to be on any top prospect lists um he's 23 years old he went to moorhead state he's a college guy but sixth round pick in 2017 i was just i was very impressed with what he was able to do in Lake Elsinore this season, leader of the staff. A lot of the guys on that team are a lot younger than he is. Um, we're, we're talking 19 years old, 20 years old, um, maybe 21. But he he made sure that team was prepared every night, I'm sure. And he's one of the main reasons, um, as, the, as kind of the ace of the staff, once Gore and Patino left, he had to keep everything together as the team made its way through the Cali playoffs and eventually – ended up losing in the championship series. He's a, he's a big reason why they got there. So we're going to reward him for that season. Last pitcher that we're going to give an award to for first team is probably not a guy you also imagine that we would give it to. And knowing that, um, that you probably know as a, as a casual listener, cause he wasn't really on my radar either. Pretty much the entire season. We kind of follow the the big name prospects and who are the guys that are supposed to be doing well in the the high picks and so forth. But his name is Efrain Contreras. He went six and six, 
with Fort Wayne this year, had a 361 ERA. Started 23 games. That was the most on the staff. Uh, 109 innings, 109 two-thirds innings. That's the most on the staff. 121 strikeouts, second on the staff, um, just behind Joey Cantillo. Kind of hard to beat Joey Cantillo in there. Uh, 118 ERA. Um, so he's on the staff with Ryan Weathers, Joey Cantillo. But Efrain, the most consistent guy on the staff. He was there for the most innings, the most games started, the, the workhorse. Performed a little better than Ryan Weathers. Uh, Ryan Weathers obviously has more of the, the pedigree. Number one draft pick. But Efrain Contreras, still young too. He's 19 years old. Um, he's from, uh, he's from, he's from uh, Juarez, Mexico. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah, Juarez guy. So scary, scary place. It's not a not a great town. So I'm happy. I'm sure he's happy to be out of there. But came over to the Padres last year, international free agent from Mexico. Played with the Padres in the Dominican Summer League. Played with uh, the Padres one team in the Arizona League, and then a little bit of uh, Tri City Dust Devil action last year, and has been solid in all those stops. And then this year, 19 years old, first season full major league ball um or not full major league ball full pro season ball uh in the midwest league held his own i thought and 10 strikeouts per nine two and a half walks per nine i thought he had a very good season and for a guy like him to outperform a guy like ryan weathers i thought was really impressive yeah that i mean that's what stands out most to me about the five pitchers that we selected is cantillo and Contreras both passed weathers from the same team yeah, they're both high school guys, too. It's not like Ryan Weathers has an age advantage on them or anything. Right. Um, being younger, I mean, that's what I mean by, by that. He's not younger than them and has all these. He has the tools. I mean, he's the first-round pick. But other than that, if you're just looking at their, their resume side-by-side, side, Ryan Weathers uh, was a little underwhelming in his first taste of Fort Wayne. So, so $5.8 million richer than the other two. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure Contreras wouldn't mind a little bit of that. So those are the pitchers. We got Mackenzie Gore, Luis Patino, Joey Cantillo, Aaron Leisher, and Efrain Contreras. Not a bad little group. Great list. We're going to do one reliever of the year, and then we're going to get out of here. And this one was tough for us. So for me, it's between Andres Munoz and David Bednar. And David Bednar is showing up all over these lists now. All of a sudden, as of one week ago, as of one, yeah, that's <laughs> he. He earned it, man. He's good. So, who do you want to make the case for? Are you more of a Munoz guy or more of a Bednar guy? I'm more of a Munoz guy. All right, do your do your Munoz thing then. I don't have his stats up. Pull them up. Where are they? Do something. I'll get you going here. Okay. So the case for Munoz. He's 20 years old and already got called up to the Padres, and that doesn't happen very often. People love the fastball, which he has probably the best fastball in Potter history. Fastest, I guess, in Potter history. I, don't, I think it's safe to say. He regularly hits 100 miles an hour. I can't think of another Potter who's ever done that. Nope. And people are really excited by that and how young he is, and he projects as this late-inning bullpen closer already, which is, is great. But uh, struggle a little bit in El Paso. 19 innings, had a 379 ERA, but that's El Paso, so it's forgivable. Walks are a little high, 332 walks per nine, 11.37 strikeouts per nine. So that strikeout figure is not even that high. Small sample size, obviously, but then Amarillo, 
much better 216 ERA and 16 and two thirds struck out 18 per nine, which is nuts. Insane. He had 34 strikeouts in 16 and two thirds innings, which is amazing. It's, but the problem here is the walks. So he had almost six walks per nine at, at Amarillo. And then he gets called up because, um, I mean, he was, he was objectively good in the Padres. There was no reason maybe the, the Padres didn't want him to, I don't know, just sit in El Paso all year. So. And needed the bullpen help. And they did need bullpen help. Wiginter was up and down. Stammen was kind of bad towards the middle of the season. They needed some bullpen help, and he's been solid since he's been up. He has a, Currently, he, he's been in 22 games. He has 23 innings pitched. So that's kind of the most at any level he's done so far. And as a 391 ERA uh, with 11.74 strikeouts per nine, but the walks are still really high, and then he's gonna have to he's gonna have to figure this out if he's gonna be a long term bullpen piece. Four walks per nine from reliever is not good enough, right? And has to limit the yabos hit off of him. Yeah, how many yabos? Two only two, so that's not the worst. It but was just two they, in one game wasn't they it? They stood out really <laughs> aggressively. Uh, they were like they were on hundred mile an hour fastballs down the middle, and dudes are just jacking them out. So he has to figure that out a little a little bit. The case for David Bednar, he was just the model of consistency the entire season. So he skipped El Paso. So you can't really blame Munoz's numbers if Bednar's skipping the level. He had a 295 ERA in Amarillo and 58 innings, 86 strikeouts. So his strikeout numbers are through the roof also. Walks less than three per nine. So huge improvement compared to Munoz. And then since he's been up, he's been actually pretty good with the Padres too. Seven and a third innings, 245 ERA. I think we have to give co-relief pitchers of the year for our list. For me, there's a big a big advantage for Bednar here is the walks are lower, and he's been able to pitch a lot more innings so far compared to Andres Munoz. Look at you. I'm just looking at the numbers. Didn't even kid. know who he was last week. <laughs> he was in the notes last week. I, of course I knew who he was. But... He's he's been more consistent. The strikeout numbers are really good, but they're not they're not Andres Munoz good, which that's no fault against Bednar. But more innings, lower walks, more consistency. I think it's David Bednar personally, reliever of the year. You want to just give it to both of them? Yeah, co relievers of the year. First time ever, we're a co reliever of the year. Yeah, in the first list ever. Right. That's a big that's a big deal. First annual. Breaking news. So. There you go. Here's the first team all Padres prospects list again, in case uh, you kind of got lost there. Catcher, we've got Luis Campuzano. First base, Adderlin Rodriguez. Second base, Yvonne Castillo. Third base, Ty France. Shortstop, Gabriel Arias. Abrams. Sure. Outfielder, (laughs) Edward Olivares. Michael Geddes and Jorge Ona. DH, who's your DH? Owen Miller. Owen Miller. Starting pitchers, there were five. Mackenzie Gore, Luis Patino, Joey Cantillo, Aaron Leisure, and Efrain Contreras. That's a pretty good little team. And relievers got a split award, Andres Munoz and David Bednar. It's a good little team. Great team. Uh, so that's going to do it for us this week. I mean, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. That was a, that was a little bit longer show than we expected, but the, those awards shows, man, those they can just go on forever. What are you going to do? Yeah, we should have started playing, playing some music out for you. Oh, I'm going to play music. Don't worry about it. Play you off. Oh, I've got, I've got like Oscars music. I've got like award music. It's going to be good. Uh, before we go, though, 
update on our locks of the week. Target locked. They they have not been they have not locked up very well. So fade us. I was on Philly last week and they lost to Atlanta. That was kind of gross. And you had the wrong line. You were Chargers plus two and a half, which is going to be an L for you because the Chargers were actually minus two and a half and they lost outright to Detroit. So I hope you had the Detroit money line. I wanted the Detroit money line, but I went Philly instead. Anyway, so that's a bad week for us. Zero and two collectively. I'm one and two on the season in locks. You're zero and two. Classic <laughs> locks of the week. Zero and two. This week, who'd you like so we can fade you? I am going to go with one of the most insane lines. No, you're not out there. You're not doing that. Twenty-one and a half points. Dallas Cowboys take the over. Wait, the over or the you're delayed? they're going to cover twenty one and a half points. Oh, so li- they could win by fifty. You're taking the Cowboys minus twenty. I am taking the Cowboys minus twenty one and a half. Minus twenty one and a half. Okay. The okay. Dolphins are that bad. That's a. I don't hate it. <laughs> I don't hate it. So, but my lock of the week is going to be a little more reasonable. It's Houston, the Houston Texans at home in Los Angeles Ooh, versus like, the Chargers. I like that pick. You like that? I mean, yeah. I thought you were going to like the joke, too, that it's a home game in Los Angeles. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. For uh, the Texans. Yeah, they're getting three points here. I think the Texans win this game. So I would go take the Texans' money line. That's my pick. Screw the points. Texans' money line is my lock of the week. Get you some extra money. So the Dolphins. You think this year's Dolphins would beat the undefeated Dolphins? Dan Marino's undefeated Dolphins. For, it wasn't Dan Marino's team. In 72? 72. It was... Uh, the Brian Gre- or uh, Bob Greasy's team, wasn't it? You're correct. Yeah. Yeah, I think this team would smash that team. As bad as the Dolphins are, I think the the difference in eras here, I think it w- I think the sp- the opening spread would have been like 14 and a half. Uh, if this was a game happening right now. Um it would be this Dolphins team minus 14 and a half versus yeah, the Dolphins. Team. I'd take this Dolphins team. You would you would lay those points? Yeah. Maybe even double it up. It's <sighs> a lot of points. I mean, that's it. Too crazy with the points, but I still I think today's players are that twice as fast bigger. and stronger and more skilled at everything um, compared to guys back then. Right. It's it's funny how quickly that happens. Yeah. So give me this year's Dolphins teams for the versus the seventy two Dolphins. Get out of here. Uh, tweet at us if you disagree. You get that it for you. That's all I got. That's all, all right. she wrote. If that's all you got. Thank you for listening. Please remember follow the show's Twitter account at Friar Farmhands. And if you enjoy the show, subscribe. We're on all your favorite platforms. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. Please leave your comments, questions, concerns, and your rating of the show on all platforms. You've been listening to Believe and Padres Prospects on the Believe Podcast Network, San Diego's number one sports podcast network. For Wade, I'm Ryan. See you guys next week. And struck out 11.74 per nine. That's the stat that really jumps out. He's just a strikeout pitcher. That's in San Diego. Fuck. You want to do that all again? Because it was kind of terrible anyway. Yep, yep, yep. (laughs) That's trouble with looking on your phone. You're not putting this at the end. (laughs) 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.